You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, for the last little bit now, we've been talking about what I just referred to as the job tax. The formal name is occupational tax. And, and just a reminder, this is a tax basically on your, you know, right to work in a certain area. And it's not something you can get deductions for. It's not something you can claim offsets for. It's not something you have to file once a year. Nah, they just slice off a percentage of your paycheck and mail it to City Hall. And um, it's, it's, it's funny because uh, in Etowah County, where I hail from, uh, we're, we're looking at the highest, on, on average, occupational tax uh, in the entire state. But you've got like 27 municipalities around the state doing 1% to 2% of people's paychecks. Well, times they have changed. And uh, there is a movement right now to, to maybe do something about this, led by State Senator Andrew Jones, who serves from Senate District Number 10, which happens to be the seat that I used to sit in. And he's on the line right now. So, Senator Andrew Jones, how you doing, man? I am doing great, Phil. It's an honor to be with you. Um, and it's a great district, as you well know. So I'm I proud do. of following your footsteps. Uh, well, I, 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 man, I, I appreciate it. And you've got, you've got some of the best people in, anybody could ever hope to serve. Um, but uh, so let me ask you, man. So you, you've got the bill. Last year, uh, the bill didn't get a lot of traction. But this year, there's been a lot more talk about whether we could see some form of tax relief out of legislative action. What are you thinking How's it going? Do you have any support uh, in Montgomery for the bill right now? Yes, we do. Uh, we have support that's been building. Uh, we had a lot of support. I think, frankly, we could have gotten it out of the Senate. Uh, last year, we had a few folks who were kind of in a tough spot. You know, it's election year, and you've got your public saying one thing and your mayors, uh, you know, kind of crying about uh, losing their revenue on the other hand. And so put a lot of members in kind of a sticky situation. I think if we had pushed the issue, we probably could have got a vote. But we knew, you know, it was kind of running late in the House. So we decided to hold fire and bring it back this year. It's kind of been gathering steam and building momentum. We've had a number of talks with the League of Municipalities, who, you know, kind of the, the lead organization against this that represents all the municipalities in the state of Alabama. Um, they initially expressed, you know, no interest in working on any of these um, issues. And I, I think, you know, as we put the pressure on, uh, slowly they're beginning to consider coming to the table. And, and you know how it works in the legislative process. you got to put the pressure on and get the bill moving. Uh, and sometimes that's the only way to force people to sit down at the table and, and take a look at the issues. Well, and yeah, and I totally agree. Um so let me let me ask you, uh, I saw one article that said that you have been meeting with mayors, especially mayors in your district. Uh, now, there's one, uh, Craig Ford, who's the new mayor of Gadsden, who has already taken a public stance against your bill, uh, that you, he's, he's not actually responded yet to opportunities to meet with you. But let me ask you, how have your meetings gone so far as you kind of lay it out with the, with the mayors you've had a chance to meet with? They've been productive. Um, I, I do kind of feel like there's a little bit of, um, you know, kind of telling both sides what they want to hear. Uh, and I, I don't think we really know where these folks are until push comes to shove. I've, I've heard uh, rumors that there was a meeting of the Mayor's Association today and they were all unanimously against it. Um, 
but I can tell you in private conversations that they, you know, wouldn't wouldn't say uh, to other people. Uh, I think they would be not all of them, but some of them would be comfortable uh, with a one percent cap, which you know I, that's not what I want. I'd like the whole enchilada, but politics is hard to compromise, and sometimes. You know, if, if we could just bring Etowah County to the 1% mark, you're bringing them in line with the rest of the state. Now, I still don't like it, but it's a lot better than where we are. I, I did see, and you know, I've only found one article that confirmed this, but but the city of Irondale actually last fall voluntarily reduced their own occupational tax uh, by a quarter percent. They dropped it from uh, 1% to 0.75. Have you seen that or talked to them about that? No, I have not. That's that is news to me. Um, that's that's great. Um, as you probably know, it's really hard to find information on this. All the information that I found was actually compiled by the league. It's their own data. You know, that's usually yeah. what I've what I've seen. And so, uh, best estimate there's 26, but you know there may be more. And it's kind of hard to figure out. You know, on some of the issues like the police jurisdiction part of it. You know, if it's being implemented, where it's being implemented. Nobody wants to share their Nobody wants to show their books to anybody, as you can imagine. Well, I, I, I know. Um, so let me let me ask you this. There's some other nuances, and I think that COVID really changed some things, uh, not the least of which is the fact that people began to do more remote work, and some have still stayed remote. And they may be actually working from home um, and not even working technically inside a municipality, but their business addresses in the municipality, and so they're paying taxes from working from home um, is that something that's being kind of worked into your bill and maybe how to address that new modern era problem? Yes, that, that was probably the first issue that came to me. You know, uh, when this um, last year kind of started to get some traction around the state, I had uh, some folks reach out to me. Actually, one of them lives in my district um, but works in Birmingham, uh, but she works from home a number of, of days. Uh, and before the pandemic, uh, it was commonplace. You fill out a form and, you know, certify, you know, kind of sign something that you were working at home um, or working out of the district. Um, I mean, you think of all sorts of people like traveling salesmen and, and you know, folks who are their home office may be in, you know, a, a town with a tax, a taxing jurisdiction, but they work somewhere else. So there were all these rebates going on. And then guess what? Pandemic hits. Everybody who can work at home is sent home to work. Um, and I can only imagine it was a huge chunk of the budget for the city of Birmingham. And so just mysteriously, all these claims start, uh, they stop getting um, acknowledged and no rebates are issued. Wow. So uh, that's kind of part of it, too. You know, it's it's the, the tax is fundamentally unfair. I think you and I both agree on its face. But then to, you know, have the situation where somebody's not even working there and they're still bearing the brunt of it is a, a whole nother level of wrong. Well, and so last year, yeah, I agree. So so last year, the bill you had, I mean, I, I remember looking at it going, dang, man, 20 years to phase it out. But when I when I realized the level of revenue people are talking about doing like $950 million for the city of Birmingham. So you, you had a 20-year phase out, but that still didn't help the situation in terms of selling it. Uh, what, what, what are you looking at now? Are you still looking at a 20-year phase out in your, uh, in your plan? That's it. So if we if we did, you know, a full complete phase out based on the highest tax rates, which, as you mentioned, five out of the six of them are in Etowah County, it would take, you know, 20 years to get from two percent down to zero. The way the bill was written is it kind of starts where you are and goes down by a tenth of a percentage point. 
So, you know, most of the, the vast majority of cities in 10 years, it would be kind of gone. But you're still talking about, you know, three quarters of a million uh, for the city of Gadsden, even at uh, even at 20 years. We're kind of, you know, we've had some discussions on uh, whether the, you know, the most palatable, you know, solution might be the 1%. Um, certainly, as you, your, your listeners may be well aware, the Birmingham delegation is very strong. There are a lot of folks who have part of uh, Birmingham or Jefferson County. Um, if you start talking about uh, taking away their 1% tax rate, you get a lot of opposition to your bill really quickly. So um, we've kind of been debating about whether you go for the whole enchilada or whether you kind of split you know, down the middle and you do a 1% hard cap. Um, which takes care of the the five cities in Etowah County, Opelika, which is at one and a half, and Tuskegee, which is at two, and then you also bar them from uh, from implementing anymore or increasing anymore, which is kind of another loophole that's in there. The legislature dealt with this a few years ago, yeah. um, and, and said, you know, you, you can't have them unless you go back to the legislature uh, through a local bill. However, it didn't have any language in there. It's kind of a gray area about whether they can raise the rates uh, or not, whether that's imposing a tax or not. I guess it's somebody have to decide that in court, which is not what we want. So uh, figuring out how to address that, too, is part of it. Well, and I guess, you know, as we wind down our time here talking, um, you know, there's, there's so many different nuances. I mean, you look at things like if a city annexes new property, then somebody who wasn't paying a tax is suddenly now, I guess, paying a tax or – for that matter, you got the remote worker, like we talked about. Then you've got the idea of like what happens if somebody is ordered, like say they are, they're a utility worker and they are ordered into a certain area by their boss to help you know reestablish downed power lines after a tornado. Are they suddenly required to pay uh, for the temporary amount of time that they're there? And I think all those things have to be considered. And um, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that your bill is going to get some traction, even if all we do is get rid of all the nuances. That's a start. Yeah. But uh, but but those things have got to be, especially in the era of remote work. That's maddening to think that you might actually literally be working in one county and getting taxed in a municipality you don't even touch on a daily basis. Yes, it it, it definitely is maddening. And uh, you know, you think about even the satellite office. You know, a company that's headquartered in Gadsden, but they have you know a regional office somewhere in Anniston. You know, those, those employees could theoretically. Uh, be on the hook for occupational tax. So that that along with remote work is central. But but folks were actually taxed in Lee County after the tornadoes. The the rural electrics were sent occupational tax bills that they had to fork <laughs> out and pay wow. when they were coming in a time of need. You know to help take care of a devastating situation. So it's it's kind of there's just a lot of strange and peculiar things going on and they need to be reined in it's kind of been seen as free money i think um you know it comes out of the paycheck so people won't miss it so we might as well just you know milk it for all it's worth and i, I think we've we've got to we've got to stop all that and rein it in well and and you know you and i both know too this is also an economic development issue i mean if you're if you're a community looking to bring somebody in to establish a you know uh uh, a new employer base. You're going to replace Goodyear, for instance, in, in in your district, my old district, or something else. Uh, they're going to look at what's what's going to happen to their employees. Oh, by the way, your community has a 2% tax on their payroll, and the other community we're looking at doesn't. That factors into economic development. I totally agree. You know, economic development is a game of inches sometimes. You know, and one little thing can make or break a deal. You know, there are rumors, you know, that the Honda plant in Lincoln might have been coming somewhere in Etowah County, you know, but I don't know what it was that 
sunk that deal. But you know, you think about it, uh, your employees get two percent more take home pay if you just go over the county line. So it's kind of a, a disincentive for for smart businesses to locate in your area with the tax and. That's why this this annexation piece is so big to me. I know you were a big proponent of the. Uh, it's now the Northeast Alabama Regional Megasite, the Near Megasite. Yeah. But at the time, the Little Canoe Creek Megasite. You know, we could get uh, a 2,000 employer job uh, opportunity out there, business industry out there, and next thing you know, it's going to be somebody's going to be saying, uh, "Hey, there's two 2,000 folks worth of occupational tax. Let me go grab that and bring it into." Uh, my jurisdiction. So you got to think about things like that. And, and, you know, if we're trying to promote industry and business and, and grow our economy, then I think you got to have safeguards in place to prevent those kind of things from happening. Well, uh, State Senator Andrew Jones, thanks for making some time today. We want to keep tabs on this one. Uh, I was talking to the Alabama Policy Institute. In fact, uh, their new president, Stephanie Smith, is going to be on the air with us here in a few minutes about this very bill and, uh, and hopeful they can give you some air cover and maybe see this thing move forward. That'd be great. We would love to have uh, their help. And we just appreciate you uh, helping us get the word out, Phil, to your listeners. Uh, I know that a lot of folks out there are going to be uh, excited to, to see some traction happen on this issue. A lot of folks are out there that are paying it uh, that know that it could be going to do better things uh, other than just coming out of their paycheck to, um, to prop up, you know, kind of a uh, this antiquated system of regressive taxation. Sure enough. All right, State Senator Andrew Jones, Senate District 10 up here in Northeast Alabama. We appreciate your time, man. You have a great day. Thank you, Phil. You take. All right, take care. All right, Boomer, I ran along, buddy. Take us to the break. I ran along just to make sure we had a chance to finish that one up. We'll come back, have a very short segment, and then, bottom of the hour, Stephanie Smith, a frequent flyer here on Right Side Radio. She's the new president of Alabama Policy Institute. We'll get her thoughts on all this. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. So we got a brand new texter. Hey, you got to tell us who you are and where you're from. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll holler at your name when we get it back. But uh, it says, uh, I enjoy your show. Just like to give my two cents. Get it, he says, <laughs> on the grocery tax. I feel like it should not be repealed. He says, because in some way, shape, or form, or, or fashion, a grocery tax ensures that that happens. I'm not sure what you mean, ensures that that happens. But so, so okay, there's somebody who wants to keep the grocery tax, Boomer. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm taken aback by that, <laughs> but anyway, I, you're, you're welcome to it, man. But, uh, I'd rather not pay tax on my milk and bread when I know that, uh, nobody else around us does. Um, John from Pike road used to work up there in Gadsden, uh, at the Goodyear plant that shut down. So he clarified, he said, no, no, Goodyear, our buyouts were based on the number of years that you worked. So you got the number of years and then the city of Gadsden required, this is crazy to me, if you worked there for 25 years, they wanted 25 years base of proper, of, a, of a payroll tax, not payroll tax, but occupational tax. Yeah. So he says literally the city, 
And by the way, the city did not take into account whether you had always been at that Goodyear plant. So he used to work in Union City, Tennessee for 25 years. And when that plant shut down, he got transferred down here and spent 10 years in Gadsden. And yet the city of Gadsden required him to pay 25 years worth of a payout to the city of Gadsden for occupational tax. Even, even oh, I'm sorry, 35 years, even though he only had 10 of them here in Gadsden. That's just, that's just robbery, in my opinion, at that point. Um, wow. Jerry from Athens, uh, why do we have to pay so many taxes? They learned civics watching 1950s movies about the mob and decided this would work best. <laughs> um, and he's got several other things, too. He says, basically, he doesn't, he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like the, uh, the idea of this. Randall from Newmarket says, calls it the tax shakedown. Yeah. Uh, DT from Elkmont. Uh, no taxation without representation. This seems to be cross uh, cross living and working juris oh cross living and working jurisdictions. So the state must get involved. Well, that's the point. That's that's why the state is involved. The state legislature is considering certain aspects of the bill um, that we've got we just, on the phone a minute ago with Senator Andrew Jones. Um, basically, looking at several things. It's not just the fact that you are taxed. It's also should you be taxed. I mean, if you're if you're not actually physically working in the municipal limits, should you have to pay it? That's a great question. Um, David from Huntsville, um, and just uh, asking if we want to come up to uh, Huntsville for a Republican event tomorrow. I won't be able to be there, David, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully get up there with you sometime soon. Uh, John from Huntsville, <laughs> did, you, did you ever sing the tracks on the tank go round and round? <laughs> no, 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 we didn't sing that one but it's probably somebody now is getting stuck in their head. All right, listen, we're going to come right back after this break. Stephanie Smith, the new president of the Alabama Policy Institute. She's been a frequent flyer on our show now for almost the entire time we've been doing this, but uh, she has always got great conservative commentary. Uh, the Policy Institute has been very proactive in leaning forward on, on, on trying to do away with, you know, the overzealousness of state government in taxation and, and, and pretty much putting it out there hard and fast that you guys can't be Republicans and be in a surplus environment like you are and not give something back to your constituents. It's time. It is just time. We'll talk with Stephanie Smith from API here in just one minute. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. <laughs> 